0: I believe he has given me a word uh, to both strengthen, to encourage, and to give an answer to where you are today. How many can say, I need strength, I need encouragement, and I need an answer? Amen. And I believe the word of the Lord will do that today. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered, a, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Somebody say, more excellent. Say, more excellent. Amen. Than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I don't know about you, but I want to please the Lord today. I want to please the Lord today. Verse 6 But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And so Paul says this But without faith, it is impossible to please him. I don't think that was a suggestion or a mere uh, idea on the side. I think what God preserved for us in his word was this understanding that if we are to please God, we need faith. Amen. And that's what Paul is writing in the 11th chapter. We also is known as the hall of faith is the faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That literally means, uh, one translation renders this, Now faith is the substance, the intangible of things hoped for, and the title deed of things which have not yet been seen. Amen. And then he says, Without faith we cannot please the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you, preach to you this morning on this thought, seven kinds of faith, seven kinds. The Bible speaks of seven kinds of faith. And I want to speak this to you this morning because no matter what situation you're in, I believe God has a faith for that situation that his word tells us about that we can Understand, obey, react to, and draw strength from an instruction. Amen. And so I want you to pray with me right now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, your great anointing in this place. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every person that is in this house. I pray you would give them direction. I pray that you would give them encouragement. I pray that you would strengthen them today through your word. God, enlighten us, I pray, as to your word and how we can walk in ways that please you and bring victory into our life in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? How many's glad you're saved this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, inform your face. You're happy to be saved. Look at somebody else, say, inform your face. You're happy to be saved. Some of y'all, if I was a sinner sitting up here, I wouldn't want what you got. You need the joy of the Lord in your life today. Some of y'all scaring me with the looks y'all have up here. Inform your face that your sins have been washed away that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, amen? I've got a reason to be excited and happy today. Amen. You, You can be depressed later. That's up to you. Right now, I'm in the presence of the Lord with the beautiful people of God, and I'm so thankful that my sins are washed away, amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. The Bible speaks of seven types of faith that I want to talk about here this morning, and uh, I, I really felt led last week to share this at our at our Vacaville campus because I feel like this is that time of year that when life starts weighing heavy on everyone, uh, typically, even if it's a good year, even if everything's going good, it's this time of year when we put this this undue pressure on ourselves and we're getting ready uh, for uh, holiday season and we got Thanksgiving coming up, we got Christmas coming up, do we have enough money to get through the holidays so we can purchase gifts and all of these things. Uh, uh, one one uh, psychiatrist said that this time of year is very difficult because people begin to most realize at this time that they have not yet accomplished the goals they wanted to this year And so the end part from November through December kind of becomes a repressive and somewhat discouraging time of year. Amen. But I I don't think it should be that way with the people of God. Amen. Uh, The Bible says we've got a reason to have joy. We've got a reason to have victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, And Jesus said rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If I wake up, Broke tomorrow, I've still got my name written in the Lamb's book of life, amen. We've got to stop tying our association of, of things and, and uh, uh, all kinds of gasmos and gidgets and the, the money and all of this, stop tying that into what affects our happiness or our joy and realize that God is still in control no matter what and we are on the side of the Lord. Can you say Amen. And so the Bible talks about these kinds of faith and and uh, I really thought last week it would just be there, and and as this week went on, uh, I felt the Lord really strongly push me in this direction uh, for this message this morning. And I also I, I want to say this: I felt the Lord uh, put this on my heart. Not always do I preach the same message at at both churches. A lot of times it's different. A lot of times it's at different times. But I, I really felt so strong in the Lord. Uh, to preach this today because I want to lift somebody's faith high in this place today that you can be blessed of God. You can have victory in the Lord. All right. Goodness. I feel like I got a word this morning. Somebody goes to the bathroom and I lose 40% of you. You pay better attention to that than YouTube. Stay focused. You want victory today? Amen. I don't know if he should say those kind of things. Well, you want victory? I'm going to say it. You can leave here with joy. You can leave here with a breakthrough. You can leave here with a healing in your body. And the Bible, we're going to talk about seven kinds of faith. And you, you can apply one of these seven in your life. Amen. The first type of faith is found in Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5. And that is called great faith. Everybody say great faith. Amen. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 through 10 says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, Beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy and grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him... I will come heal him. Isn't that powerful? The centurion, a Gentile, not even a Jew, went to Jesus and said, I have a servant who is sick and I need you to heal him. And Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal him. Then in verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. I know who I am in relationship to you. I realize that you're a Jew and I'm a Gentile. You're a part of the covenant. I'm not. He said, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed for I am a man under authority having soldiers under me and I say to this man go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it he marveled and said to them that followed verily I say unto you I have not found so great faith no not in Israel amen great faith was saying that Jesus had authority over sickness and disease great faith was this man who was a Gentile who was not a part of the Abrahamic covenant who believed that Jesus could send a word that would heal his servant he didn't say you have to come to my house he didn't say you can heal me once we get to awaken conference he said I believe You can speak right now. And wherever that sickness is, if you'll release a word, amen, that it will be done. Amen. It was called great faith. Why? Because this man was a military man. And he understood, amen, the captain doesn't dig foxholes. And the private doesn't make strategic decisions. Amen. He understood that I am a man who receives orders from Rome and I do it. And I am a man that tells the soldiers under me to do something and they do it. And he said, but if you'll speak the word, if you'll just release that word, he says, it shall be Done. Amen. Notice the the understanding here is uh, he said, I am both a man under authority and in authority. Quit trying to get a miracle when you're not under authority. A lot of people want their blessing, but they don't walk under authority. Amen. I'm going to preach it anyway this Sunday morning. A lot of people want God to give them that new job, that new house, that new car. They want want this and they want all of that. But they don't walk in relationship and in submission to the word of God in all aspects of their life. Amen. This Gentile man had a revelation we need to get that if I'm under authority, amen, that God can do anything in my life. And great faith was saying that Jesus, you can do anything. Jesus, you've got authority over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus has authority over demon spirits. He has authority over winds and waves. He has authority over fear and doubt. He has authority over kings and priests. Great faith can pray from a great distance and realize that God can work anyhow. I can pray here and God move in Mozambique. We can pray here and God move in Colombia we can pray here and God answer it in Thailand or in the Philippines we've seen God do it before so if God can do that at a great distance I believe you can pray here and God move on your family six blocks away I believe you can pray here and God move in your family 15 miles away because God has no restraints and God has no limits he's able to do exceedingly abundantly Above all that we ask or think, but it takes great faith. Somebody shout, Great faith! Come on, somebody shout, Great faith! it takes great faith amen faith is the victory that overcomes the world and listen to me faith is the currency of heaven that the economy of God works through you cannot get into the economy of God without the currency of faith amen and God says I'll even let you use a faith credit card you may not see it come to pass but go ahead and praise me in advance go ahead and believe me in advance and I will move in your midst, somebody shout great faith, amen that's the kind of faith that you need moving in your life right now I don't see it yet but if you'll speak it, I don't hear it yet but if you'll speak it and if God has spoken a word you can rest assured that he will come through hallelujah hallelujah Mark 11 and 22 Jesus answered and said to them have faith in God when you have great faith your faith is aggressive and your faith is determined you need to get an aggressive kind of faith that says I believe not only that God can but I believe that God will I'm not just believing God for what he has done I'm believing God for what he is going to do Daniel 3 and 17 the three Hebrew boys answered and said if that's the case our God whom we serve is well able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king the three Hebrew children had bold faith. Amen. Our confession is that we bow to God alone is what they said. Amen. Because they would not bow to the world. They would not bow to idol worship. God honored their great faith and God showed up in the midst of the fire so much so that it puzzled the king and the king called his mathematicians and said help me do the math. Did not we throw three men into that fire, who were bound, and they said, yes, king, we did. He said, well, then somebody explain to me how come I see four men in the fire, amen, and they're loosed without any hurt, and the fourth has the image of the son of God. I've come to tell you, if you've got great faith, God can speak into that situation. God can turn it around, and if you'll take a stand for God, God's going to take a stand for you. Somebody shout great faith. great faith. Amen. That's the first kind of faith. And these are in no particular order. Amen. These are just seven types of faith. So don't say, you know, well, they're, they're going to build. Matter of fact, uh, they're just, I, I put them in here uh, kind of randomly. So we're not ranking them in order. Amen. The second type of faith is natural faith. Everybody say natural faith. Now, when you're traveling on a plane, you have natural faith you have natural faith that your pilot knows the difference between Chicago and Cuba. When you're flying in an airplane, you've got faith that the pilot knows the difference between the landing gear and the thrust throttle. You've got faith that they can read and write and do mathematics. When you go to a surgeon you have natural faith that he knows the difference between a tonsillectomy and a hysterectomy. When you go into surgery, you got faith that that doctor knows the difference, amen, between removing a a, a benign tumor out of you versus amputating one of your extremities. That's called natural faith. You have faith that your lawyer is going to keep you out of jail. You got faith that the banker is going to keep bank... Uh, money in your bank account. You got faith that your financier is setting you up for retirement and you got faith that your doctor has your best interest in mind. Amen. But I want to tell you this morning, you can have faith in a God who never fails. And you can have faith in a God who is almighty and all powerful and who is able. Can you say amen? Somebody says it takes a lot of faith for God to Nope, natural faith even works. I've got faith that the sun is going to set tonight and that the sun will come up in the morning. I don't have to have a prayer meeting as to whether or not the sun is going to rise in the morning. I don't need to have a prayer meeting or to fast to get some faith to believe that the sun is going to set and the earth is going to continue to spin. I have natural faith that the God who set things in order will keep things in order because faith is the victory that over overcomes every obstacle that you are going to face. Amen. Some of your faith needs great faith. Some of your trials needs great faith. But some of you need to tap into natural faith. I just believe God is able. I just believe that God will. I just believe that God will come through. I've got I've got more faith in God's ability to come through than I do for a pilot to land the airplane, for a surgeon to do surgery because my God God has never failed and upon that I can have natural faith. Somebody shout amen. The third kind of faith, amen, so the first faith is great faith, the second faith is and the third faith is called mustard seed faith. Everybody say mustard seed faith. Amen. So Jesus said to them, amen in Matthew seventeen twenty, because of your unbelief for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mustard seed faith, if you would, if I could define it this way, mustard seed faith is pure faith. It's concentrate faith. Have you ever accidentally drank juice concentrate? They had this stuff. It was Kool-Aid concentrate a few years ago. And it said put two squirts into your 16.9 ounces of water. Two squirts. The problem is they didn't define what two squirts were. And so I thought, well I'm going to assist them. Because I like Strong flavors, and I like Kool-Aid, and I like it really strong. And so I went, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. And I said, That looks about right. But it was concentrate, so it was potent. And I realized, very quickly, once that water went over my lips, past my teeth, and hit my tongue, I realized it was more powerful than I thought it was. This is mustard seed faith. It doesn't take a whole lot because it's faith concentrate. It's that pure faith that says it's not going to waver. It's that faith that says a little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. Mustard seed faith says God will do the impossible for even you. Mustard seed faith says I don't need a Sunday service. I don't need a 40 voice choir. I don't need to be in a large cathedral. I can believe God right now. I can stand in my valley, speak to my mountain, and it be, remote. some of you need to stir up mustard seed faith in your life. It may be small, but it's powerful. It It may be little, but it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. I was so tempted to go and buy a bunch of mustard seeds. Amen. Because to show you how small they are, about the size. Of the little sesame seeds that you get on a good hamburger. Good hamburgers have sesame seeds on them. Amen. About that small. They're, they're incredibly small. And, and Jesus looked at that and he said, if you just had faith that small, that seemingly so insignificant. But if it is pure, it's not the quantity of faith that you have. It's the quality of faith that you have. Amen. And if you've got faith, you can concentrate it to, and God can do the impossible. Can you say amen? amen? Now, the fourth kind of faith, amen. So we have had great faith, natural faith, and mustard seed faith. And number four is a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, Paul says this For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one what? A measure of faith. In other words, God has given everybody in this room a measure of faith whether you realize it or not, you came to God. You were born with a measure of faith. God gave you a measure every time you pray. That is a measure of faith. When you pray, it's a measure of faith. When you repented of your sins, it was an act of faith. When you repented and said, God, forgive me of my sins, you did that with faith, believing that God would not only hear you, but that God would forgive you. Amen. When you were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, it was done with faith that his blood would cleanse your sins, amen, and wash you white as snow. When you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, it was an act of faith to believe that the God that forgave me is the God who can save me and the God who can fill me with his spirit. Spirit Romans 10 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when you wonder, sometimes, Pastor, why don't you just push through it? Why don't why do you gotta say uh, you need to pay attention or you need to be involved? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The preached word of God is the most important part of the service, not because I'm the one doing it, but because the word is going forth and the Bible said that faith comes by hearing, uh, and by hearing the word of God. So when the preaching goes forward, it's not time for me to clean my nails, balance my checkbook, check my Facebook messages, uh, or wonder what's in the po- uh, what's going on at home, what's cooking in the pot uh, or in the crock pot. When I, the word of God is being preached, uh, I've got to get on the edge of my seat and realize uh, they're about to preach a word into my life uh, that's going to elevate my faith for God to do the impossible and for God to do the miraculous the will of God and the word of God are in agreement because they are the same thing amen if you want faith moving in your life you got to hear the word of God amen somebody say the word somebody shout the word That's the measure of faith. You get by hearing the word of God. Listen, how much do you read your Bible throughout the week? Because I'm going to tell you something. That will determine the quality and the measure of your faith. I'm amazed at how many Christians don't read the Bible. I want to tell you something. Don't say that God is silent when your Bible is closed six days a week. Don't say God's not speaking. If the cover of your Bible is collecting dust, or it is holding the placemats down on the floorboard of your vehicle, God is speaking. If you are reading and you are listening, God will speak into that situation, amen. And you've got to believe that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It is of no coincidence that churches that get away from preaching being the focal point point amen Mir- miracles start ceasing among them why because they're only moved by entertainment they're moved by personalities they're moved by pop psychology they're moved by social issues but they are not moved by the word and i'm telling you there is a powerful enough faith in this house this morning that god can do anything in your life and i've come to preach to you activate the measure of faith that God has given you to believe for the impossible. Activate the measure of faith in your life to believe the impossible. Somebody go ahead and shout, I believe. Amen, amen. So so let's rehearse these. The first faith is great faith. The second faith is natural faith. The third faith is mustard seed faith. The fourth faith is... The measure of faith, and the fifth faith is. Oh, be prepared now. Hold on. This one's going to sound like a an oxymoron. It's it's gonna it's not gonna make sense. It's gonna be quite an anomaly when I say this. All right. It's gonna sound like I'm saying dry water, but I'm not. The fifth kind of faith is ready. Faithless faith. Faithless faith. I think I can prove it, John 20 and 27. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And faithless faith are those who have to see it to believe it. It's not that they won't believe it. It's not that they can't believe it. It's just they have faithless faith. I won't believe it until I see it come to pass. These type of people are not necessarily bad people. They're just people that are ruled by their flesh. Amen. They're ruled by their flesh. They have to see it to believe it. They, they live in the state of Missouri and If you've been to Missouri You know what I'm saying It says it on their license plate It's their state motto God bless you Sister Priscilla Amen And brother Adrian And grandma are there right now In St. Louis, Missouri Amen And all And don't come back with, with, with that kind of faith Amen Because their faith is Show me Missouri is the show me state I thought about calling this Missouri faith, but I don't want to offend anyone from Missouri. Amen. It's the show me first and then I'll believe. It's people that's ruled by the flesh. Listen, It's the people that say, I'll believe God is moving and healing when I see somebody else healed. Then I will believe that I can be healed. Amen. It's faithless faith. It doesn't mean that they will never believe. It just means they'll believe once they see it. They're ruled by their flesh. Listen, if you don't go to God's house, why do you think he'll take you to his house? In other words, oh, I believe I'll see the Lord one day amen but these type of people don't want to go to church they don't want brothers and sisters to pray with them amen it's faithless you need to have faith in God amen I want to be with him here and I want to be with him there amen God can work even in your faithless faith the Bible said a man brought his son to the disciples the disciples tried to cast a demon out of him and it would not work so he took the little boy to Jesus and said your disciples failed my son and they could not do what I've asked God to do and Jesus looked at him and said all things are possible to him that believe I love the answer of that father because I've been in that situation myself I've seen other people blessed and I didn't get blessed I've seen everybody else have a miracle and I didn't get my miracle I watched everybody else getting the favor of God but I didn't feel like I had the favor of God and this man reached out with faithless faith and said Lord I believe but help thou my unbelief I believe this morning if somebody would have a moment of transparent faith and said Lord I do believe but I'm struggling with my unbelief I said it would happen and it hasn't happened it was prophesied to happen and it hasn't happened you've been doing it for everybody else but you haven't done it for me Lord I want you to know I believe but I'm struggling with my unbelief God is moved with that kind of a confession don't feel like God has counted you out count yourself in by saying yes I believe Amen so we're we're moving to number six so number one was shout it at me number two was Number three, number four, number five, huh? Say it again. One more time. Doesn't that make you feel good that people made it to the Bible headlines having faithless faith? And as Paul Harvey would say, and now for the rest of the story, That man's son did get healed and get delivered. And Thomas did touch the side of Christ and fall down and say, my Lord and my God. And he went on to continue to be an apostle of the Lamb. I've come to tell somebody today, you are counting yourself out because you struggle with some unbelief. But if you would feed the fuel to the belief in your life, God can turn faithless faith into miracle faith. So number six, number five is faithless faith, then number six will be visible faith. Visible faith. How do you know faith is visible? Well, in Luke chapter five and verse 20, it says of Jesus, when he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, Your sins are forgiven you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When they brought that man in and let him down by the four corners of his bed and ripped the hole through the roof, the Bible said when Jesus saw their faith, that paralytic man, to my knowledge, had no faith. The Bible never said a word about his faith. The Bible only said a word of their faith and because of their faith Jesus healed that man I've come to preach to somebody you may be struggling here this morning somebody near you may be curled up on their cot of carnality and on their bed of doubt we need some people to grab a hold of the corner of their bed this morning and say I believe for them I believe you may not want to worship this morning but I'm going to shout a hole in the roof so God can heal you and God can set you free. You may not feel like running or dancing or clapping or shouting or singing amen but I'm going to worship God enough. Uh, I'm going to attract the attention of God in this direction because I believe God will see it and God will respond. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I said I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Even a blind man had visible faith. I said even a blind man had visible faith. Some of you need to get this this morning. A blind man had visible faith. What you got to understand, it's not always that you need Jesus to stick his nose up in your business. Sometimes you just need to get the attention of God. I know that if I can just get God looking in my direction. That's what Bartimaeus said. Bartimaeus began to cry loud, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd, all the religious people said, sit down and shut up. It's not appropriate as of yet. But the Bible said the more they tried to silence him, the louder he got. Why? Because Bartimaeus said, I don't even need to interact with him. If I could just get him to look in my direction, I think things will turn around. And the Bible lets us know that Jesus saw the faith of a blind man who casted away his garment and was healed. I've come to tell you, if you've got enough faith for God to move in that situation, I don't know what's going on over here, amen, but somebody over here may not have any faith that God can do anything, but I believe an atmosphere of faith and worship can go up before God, that God will turn his attention to that situation. I've seen it happen so many times, too many, too many times for me to sit here and tell stories. I remember preaching a revival in a place, and I've seen this happen in our church. And But I was, this one time, I remember preaching a revival, and they had a man that was there. He was no drunk. Back home, we'd say he was drunker than Cooter Brown. Amen. I don't know who Cooter Brown is, but he's a fall-down drunk. That's all I know. And he he was... He was a bit of a uh, an infidel. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe anything about God, but he, they got him to church. Amen. And uh, I had preached—I don't know—for two weeks. I'd preached on this type of thought about Paul and Silas in prison. That that if when Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, God loosed everybody in the prison. I preached that message for about three nights straight. Then I started preaching about if you can't worship for yourself, worship for somebody else that needs deliverance. And I watched that whole service, uh, Brother Ryan, and uh, people around him started worshiping the Lord. Man, he was getting a little uncomfortable. He had been backslid for many years, walked away from God. Amen. He was in that agnostic phase, you know. And uh, the longer the service went on, the harder his his visage began to grow. His atmosphere, his appearance, his facial expressions went stone cold. Uh, Amen. And then all of a sudden it really kicked in. They weren't just playing church. That whole section over there just started getting a little rowdy with their worship and getting a little rowdy. I mean the more and more the songs went, the more excited they got and the more they praised and worshiped the Lord. And I watched the other side of the church. Amen. They, though they were worshiping. They were kind of going through that Pentecostal motion. You know where they clap but it's not really loud and they sing but it's not really with enthusiasm and they make you think they're jumping but their toes never leave the floor. They just do this right here. Amen. They're just doing everything they can to play middle of the road. Amen. Somebody would say, until the entire house gets on fire, then God can't move. But that's not true. All the lame man needed was four friends that believed God enough to rip a hole in the roof and let him down. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And then I started watching as that section over there I began to worship the Lord and began to magnify God. And the next thing I knew, hands are going up. Tears are running down people's faces. They're dancing between the pews. Next thing we know, Amen. there was somebody in that section that had a need in there if I remember right I think it was a, a visible tumor on their neck and somewhere during the end of the worship service God started moving and that lady lifted her hands and started screaming it's gone and the tumor was gone from off her neck and the church kept roaring I mean it stoked their faith and that old drunk just sat there doing a statue impersonation amen when he, all of a sudden he heard that woman scream it's gone it's gone he turned around his eyes eyes got about as big as saucers when he looked up and saw that that tumor was gone I believe it was his relative so he knew it was a real tumor and God had healed her and set it free you would think at that moment he'd lift his hands no he just sat there wide eyed and while I preached for the next 15 minutes I couldn't finish my message because the whole time I'm preaching that section is going completely bonkers and worshiping God in faith until all of a sudden 15 minutes into my sermon I see that old man stand up old Cooter Brown fall down drunk he makes his way out of the pew he didn't have any emotion on his face. I thought he was running to the bathroom but when he went out the aisle and he turned he turned facing me and by this point tears were dripping off of his chin hey Amen. somebody got up under each arm he could barely walk as the conviction of the Holy Ghost was on him and they walked him down to the altar and God set him free from alcoholism in that moment Sometimes you don't need to worship God for yourself. You need to have visible faith that says, God, just look over here. You can heal them. Look over here. Bless them. Look over here. Save them. Hey Amen. We gotta get out, we gotta get rid of meitis. We gotta get rid of iitis. That if God's gonna bless me, that's when I worship. You need to get kingdom-minded and say, no, somebody over here needs a healing. Somebody over here needs to be blessed. I'm gonna worship the Lord. I'm gonna cause God's attention to be drawn into this situation. You can see people's faith in what they say, what they do, where they go, and how they think. You see their faith. Hey, man, people always say things are bad, things are tough, it's awful, can't get any worse. I'm just going to be honest, and you can judge me if you want, but I can't stand being around them type of people. Life's too short to be attached to a Hoover. Y'all know what a Hoover is, I've told you before. It's a vacuum cleaner. You don't want to hook up people that just suck joy out of your life. Hey, brother, how you doing? Well, wasn't for the Lord, I'd have killed myself by now. Okay. Bless your little pea-picking heart, everything's rough all the time. Hey, sis, how you doing? Well, praising by faith, but things are terrible. They just... (laughs) Start sucking the victory out of your life. You you gotta you gotta you gotta learn to address them people in movement. God bless you. Praying for you. How you doing? You doing good? Ah, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah! Just over talk them. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it. How are things going? you can see it. Their face, their face looks like Eeyore. Susan, how you doing And man, they're getting ready to vomit their vial of doubt all over you. You just need to get a little before they can start talking about the bad stuff. Just go, God bless you. I pray for you. Miracles coming. Hallelujah. Come on. I don't want to be connected to stinking thinking. I don't want, I said, I don't want to be connected to stinking thinking. God said doubt was a stinking in his nostrils I don't want stinking thinking around me I don't want depressed thinking around me I don't want defeated thinking around me I want some people around me that say God's given me the victory that can overcome the world and the just shall live by faith and not walk by sight things may be bad but I'm gonna give God glory anyway things may be tough but I'm gonna praise God anyhow Somebody shout, I believe it. Amen. Amen. Let's run through this again. First faith is? Second faith is? Third faith is? Fourth faith is? Fifth faith? Sixth faith? And seventh faith is little faith. Little faith. Matthew 6 and 28 through 30. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They told not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, or wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things all these things amen then we love verse 33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you take therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof in other words what Jesus was saying was quit fretting about things that God is in control of anyways he said look at the valley look at it decorated with the ornaments of lilies and they don't have to make their own clothing and they don't have to make their own shoes but God provides for them that just shall live by faith. Somebody needs to get a revelation in this house today that if God will take care of the lilies, God's going to take care of you. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Little is much when God is in it. You may say, Pastor, but little faith can't do anything. Yes, it can. Little faith can accomplish a lot. If God is in it, Peter walked on water with little faith. Jesus said little faith could move a mountain. You need to get your eyes off of the problem and get your eyes on the solution. I've come this morning to preach to a spirit of fear that's gripping a hold of the church. I said I'd come to preach against a spirit of fear that's been gripping a hold of the church in the name of Jesus. That spirit of fear that grips a hold of us and wants us to fret and to worry about everything around us. I'm telling you today that if you got faith in God, you don't gotta worry about where your next meal is coming from and I doubt there's anybody in here worried about that anyway. Amen. The poorest among us eat better than the kings of 150 years ago. I think God has been pretty good to his people. But if we're not Worry, we will stress and we will panic about not having the stuff that everybody else has I've come to tell somebody this morning get your eyes on Jesus get your confidence back in the Lord if he takes care of the lilies of the field he's going to take care of you. you you need to have faith in God now, I know this isn't the most complex sermon you've ever heard, and this isn't the most profound preaching that I've ever given you. As a matter of fact, this may seem so elementary and so basic, you may be struggling to comprehend it with all your depth and wisdom. But God sent me to preach a very simple message Have faith. And it doesn't matter. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching seven kinds of faith? It's confusing. I'm sorry. I didn't preach seven faiths to confuse you. I preached seven kinds of faith so you could find one, grab a hold of it, and run with it like like you've lost your mind running toward the Lord. You need to grab a hold of some faith. I said, you need to grab a hold of some faith. I'm almost done. I'm preaching to somebody. You need to get a hold of some faith. And it doesn't matter if it's natural faith or visible faith or mustard faith or little faith. It doesn't just get a hold of some faith and start believing in God again. So busy. So busy. We, we, we think. Now listen. I, I'm almost done. We're, we're, we, we get so defeated because we don't think we're blessed because we don't have what other people have. Amen. Society makes its biggest portion of its living trying to convince you you're not good enough. Everywhere you go, you're being told you're not good enough. Everywhere you go. Commercials, that's all they tell you. You're not good enough. Let, let, Let me prove it. Well, if you put on our shoes... We buy into those things we had as kids, you know. We get a new pair of tennis shoes and we go, they make me run fast. No, they don't. Having a bad day? Drink this. It'll give you wings. Are are you depressed? Buy this. They'll sell you jewelry you can't afford. Talking about you got to get these pendants and I don't even understand all that stuff. I asked somebody, I had to Google it one time they kept talking about tennis braces. And I thought, why in the world would tennis be a jewelry? I still don't know what it is. Don't make sense to me. Always constantly telling you, you need these diamonds. She's not going to be happy unless she has these diamonds. You're not going to be happy unless you have our pickup truck or our car. It's getting insane. I said this here recently. I want to reiterate. They said the, the average automobile payment in America right now is almost $1,000 a month. They said, we're, we're getting ready to have the great, they're calling it the great car apocalypse or the great car crash because people's cars now are getting repoed by the tens of thousands because they can't afford it anymore. Why did they get it? It wasn't because they needed a way to get to work or school. Dodge Neon, 1,500 bucks could have done that. They had to have the Lexus. They could have got to work in an old Corolla but they wanted to get they wanted to get the brand new whatever now they can't afford it cuz our whole society tells you you're not good enough tells the women all the time you're not pretty enough you're not tall enough you're not skinny enough you with me you walk into the grocery store and it's all the magazines 15 ways to look younger 13 ways to please your man 16 ways to find a new woman I've got one simple solution. You ready? I can cure all of that. One simple solution in the word of God. You ready? Have faith in God. Have faith. How much of our time do we spend stressed uh, trying to impress everybody else, uh, trying to feel like we fit in, Uh, we exert all of our energy, our time, our money, trying to keep up with Jones is trying to impress everybody, else, but I'm telling you, if you'll just have faith in God. Oh, yeah, on, Spirit of fear has gripped our nation in the last three and a half years. It's just been since COVID, but boy, it's amplified it since COVID. Spirit of fear has hit our nation, has gripped our church. People are, people are living in panic now. People are living in panic now. Chewing their fingernails. What's going to happen tomorrow? Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. In other words, he was just saying, have faith in God. Jesus teaches us how to pray. John's disciples teach, them, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, all right, when you pray, you got to pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. But he says one important phrase that I purposely left out because I was hoping you'd catch it. Give us this, give us this, our. He didn't say, oh, heavenly Father, give us our bread today and store houses for tomorrow. Jesus said, if you want to learn how to pray, have faith that God will give you bread for today. Amen. And then when you wake up tomorrow, have faith that God will give you bread tomorrow. And when you wake up the next day, pray and have faith, he'll give you bread for that day. We spend our time frustrated in our faith because we don't see a warehouse full of bread. And Jesus said, ask me for provision today. I'll give it to you. Ask me for today. I'll bless you with it. Somebody needs to have faith in God. And so I'm trying to tell you, stop worrying. That's the whole point of my message. And I I, I, I at risk of not having you run the aisles and do backflips and stuff. If that's what you consider a good message to be, then I bombed. My message today was to get your nose out of the gutter and have faith in God. You need to stop. Look at your neighbor and say, stop worrying. Verse 27, he said, stop worrying about the quality of your life. Verse 28, he said, stop worrying about your clothes. Verse 31, he said, stop worrying about your food and drink. He said, don't worry about tomorrow because God is your father and he is your provider. You may not see him, but he is there. He is your high tower. He is your sword. He is your shield. He is the glory and the lifter up of your head. He is the way where there seemeth to be no way. He is the shade and the noonday and and he is the light at midnight. He will always be there for you. He said, I will not leave you. I will go with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. He will be there, so stop worrying about it. I said this to him last Sunday, and I can just I can just tell for the people just have to have the complex prayer. I was disappointing people. I may be doing that today. But don't worry. If I was a little more carnal, I would probably. Sing the verse I'm about to quote you. Here's a little song I wrote. May want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You need to get one of those seven kinds of faith and have confidence that God is still in control. Come on, God is still in control. You've got to believe he's still in control of everything. Amen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Some of you need to stir that up in you right now because you're looking at the end of the year worrying if you're gonna have enough money to get through the end of the year and you just need to have faith in God. Stop worrying about it. Stop panicking about it. Stop being afraid of next week and lift your hands and say, God is still in control of everything. Amen. Amen, I, I, I would, if I were carnal, I would sing what I'm about to quote to you too and it says, don't worry about a thing because every little thing's gonna be all right. Amen. So, some of you are so panicked. you are going, what in the world is he talking about? Is that in the Bible? No, but the theme of it is, amen. You need to have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have fa- I know it's simple, but have faith in God have faith in God some of you need to learn to smile more, you need to rejoice more, you need to be more thankful than you are negative you need to speak negative things in a positive faith filled way, amen, instead of talking about how bad you feel talk about how great God is and how God's going to heal it and God's going to turn it around, oh I feel the Holy Ghost right now, amen, you have got to get in your mind that God is good, all the time. That's what we used to say. God is good all the time. And, and all the time, God is good. Let me say it again. God is good all the time. And, try one more time. Some of you still look like you're about to cry in your chicken noodle soup. Amen. God is good all the time. and. What I'm trying to tell you is God is better than my doubt. God is better than my situation. He is able. He is willing. He is ready. I've got faith that God can. Listen to me. Worry robs you of your, worry robs you of your health. Worry stress robs your body of rest. Worry sends your body out shaky. Worry now uh, science says worry is the mother of cancer worry is the mother of heart disease worry is the mother of blood pressure worry is the the, uh, mother of ulcers Uh, listen to me it's not what you're eating that matters but what's eating you and it's not the will of God that his people be stressed Stop worrying. Be happy. God's in control. God's in control. I woke up this morning to a prophecy text that was sent to me from Bishop Kinsey. And if he wants to share it this week, that's up to him. I'm not going to divulge it. But I opened my eyes this morning. Amen. Just as the sun was beginning to arise. And I looked over at my phone and I saw a text from this great man of God and he was prophesying things that I believe are going to come to pass and not only that he was speaking faith amen he was speaking faith some of you need to prophesy to your negative rotten attitude some of you need to you need to prophesy to the stress that you're heaping upon yourself and saying my God is able my God is able my God is able I've got faith in God as a matter of fact Jesus said in John 14 and 1 let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me I've come to tell somebody don't let your heart be troubled quit worrying quit stressing about it anybody getting anything out of this this morning my lord I have about five pages I'm not going to get through them though worry is not just a sign of a lack of faith Worry is a sin. Because doubt is faith in reverse. Some of you worry sickness upon yourself. You'll have to believe me. Believe the Bible. Your fear is going to curse you with the very things you're afraid of. Job said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. How did the devil know what to do to Job? Because Job had already said what he was afraid of. And when you sit there and cry yourself to sleep or pound on your steering wheel because you're angry, and you start saying, I can't take it. I can't do it. I don't know how much more. The enemy hears that. The Bible said the power of life and of death, it's in the tongue. You need to speak faith. You need to have faith that God's already solved the problem you're dealing with right now. I hope this isn't too anticlimactic on the Sunday before awakening. I know maybe you thought you were going to be swinging from chandeliers or something. But listen to what David said in Psalms chapter 23. He said, yea, though I walk through the, of the, I will want why For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And this is what I'm going to close on. And I need you to grab a hold of this like a bulldog. He said, though I walk through the valley of the, Death ain't nothing but a shadow. Death ain't nothing but a shadow. And David said, you got no reason to fear the shadow. Listen to me. The shadow of a lion cannot hurt you. The shadow of a snake cannot bite you. The shadow of a sword cannot cut you. You are spending so much of your time afraid of the shadows that are appearing in your life. When David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Stand with me. I've come to encourage you this morning. The shadow of a bullet ain't never killed or hurt anyone the shadow of a knife hasn't ever stabbed anyone. The shadow of a missile hasn't ever destroyed anything. A shadow ain't nothing but an intimidation tactic. A shadow is the absence of light. And my Bible tells me that God is light. And in him there is no shadow Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But pastor, what if the shadow comes true? What what if, what if? If I preached all this and you're still doing that, I I don't know, you don't have to spend extra time on the altar. Amen. But I've got got a scripture for that one too. Uh, The Bible says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. So if you're no longer seeing the shadow of the, uh, the the gun barrel but you're seeing the gun barrel just know this no weapon formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that rises against thee in judgment will the Lord condemn in other words what I've come to tell you is whether it's the shadow or whether it is the weapon my Bible tells me that everything is going to be okay if we put our confidence in him. So stop worrying. It's going to be okay. What about this? <laughs> Quit borrowing trouble. Have faith in God. Let the light of God's presence drive out even the shadow that's in your life this morning. I, I, that, that, that's my mission today. Have faith in God. It's time for you to believe again. It's time to believe again. It's time to have... See, I'm determined. I don't want one person walking into the Awaken conference spending two days, three services or whatever it is, trying to overcome the doubt you have that you're struggling with right now. I want you to cast it off of you this morning and say, I have faith in God. I want you right where you are right now to lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to tell God that you are confident that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven right where you are right now. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place right now. I feel God speaking to somebody that's been struggling. Amen. Somebody that's been up under that load of doubt and of fear in the name of Jesus. I've come to tell you God's not mad at you because you've struggled with that. God is not angry with you because you have clutched the shadow. God is just saying I've given you direction today. I want you to come out of the shadow. I want you to step out of the darkness of your doubt. I want you to step out of the fear of your stress. I want you to walk away from your worry this morning and step into my goodness. He said I want you to step into his presence with faith because without faith it is impossible to please God and somebody here is about to get a breakthrough in their walk with God and meant somebody here is going to step into your home today for the first time in a long time and not be shackled with fear and stress some of you are going to walk into that job tomorrow and instead of cursing where you are you're going to bless God for the opportunity before you and God's going to start to Turning that thing around, come on, come on. I feel it right now. Your flesh doesn't want you to get this because your flesh is comforted by God. But the Holy Ghost is saying, I've come to strengthen you. I've come to bless you. I've come to lift you. I've come to encourage you. Hallelujah, come on, that's it. That's it, that's it. The headlines are trying to scare you. Politics is trying to scare you. The economy is trying to scare you. It cause you to walk in fear and doubt. But God said, I've come this morning, amen, to bless you with favor. I've come this morning to lift up your head. I've come this morning to strengthen your faith. Come on, there's seven kinds of faith. Reach into one of them right now where you are and say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. He is the joy and the light of my salvation. He is my shield and my buckler He is my provision He is my strength when I'm weary He is my healing When I'm sick He is the glory and the lifter up Of my head I've got faith that God's gonna work it out I don't know when I don't know how But I believe that God is gonna turn My mourning into dancing He's gonna turn my tears Into joy (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Now, I feel like I feel like some of y'all's faith has elevated Now, I think this is probably 100% of us here right now We're uncertain about next year We're uncertain about tomorrow We don't know, you know, it's election season It's always election season People are panicked, who's going to get the White House? It doesn't matter. I know who's got the throne of heaven. What's the economy going to do? Is going to be a bear market? Is going to be a bull market? I don't live in that. I live in the lamb market. Worry, am I going to have a job? How's this going to work out? God wants to heal that worry today. And he, the Bible, I read it in your text. Said, "For without faith, it is." impossible to please god if there is somebody here today who wants a renewal of your strength now this doesn't mean this is what will happen. Our flesh will say, Well, if I go to somebody'll think I'm backslid or I'm struggling with something. I think it's safe to say everybody under the sound of my voice, including this dude right here, struggles with stress and worry and fear and doubt. I am wonder if there's anybody in this place willing to step to the front today and say, I am leaving here with a breakthrough. I am leaving here today with my restored. I am leaving here today with fresh joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I am not going to let what has kept me intimidated. I am not going home with it. I am not letting it leave with me from this sanctuary. I am laying it down in the altar and I am walking out of here in the freshness and the glory and the peace of God. Amen. If that's you, I want you to come to the front right now and say, I'm going to leave here renewed in the joy and in the peace of the Holy Ghost. Come on, he's moving in this place right now. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, listen you don't got to do a backflip for it you don't got to run the aisles 25 times for it, you don't got to march 7 times in a circle, all you got to do is come over here and just lift your hands to the heavens right now and say Lord I believe I believe and then speak faith to every one of those situations, I believe you are going to heal my body I believe you are actively working right now to determine a blessing in my life I believe my job's situation is going to get better. I believe my loved ones are going to be saved. I believe you're going to save my children. I believe you're going to heal my family. I believe you're going to heal my marriage. I believe you're going to break through in my life. Come on, that's it. You lift that voice with faith and watch the burden start lifting and melting off of you. Come on, start worshiping that in faith and watch those miracles start to activate in your life without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I got faith this morning. I got faith this morning. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.